1: there's so clearly we, a part of him not that isn't there yeah you know like it's, well, it's, a conscience it's a psycho. or something it's yeah because yeah. he just has no sort of concept of what's acceptable you know mm. at the beginning when he is talking to the construction site manager he's like i'll do an internship and it's like you've just stolen from this guy he yep. knows you've stolen from him
0: 99 one way from 100 welcome everyone to Flits Watcher podcast
2: Hello, film fans. Joining us in the Flixwatcher studio today, we have Hannah. Hi. Ella. Hello. And as always, Kobe. Hello. And we are reviewing Nightcrawler.
0: As always, guys, we have all the show notes online at flixwatcher.tv for all the episodes. So please come and visit us there. Of course, join us on Twitter at Pod, And please come to iTunes, rate us and subscribe
2: there will be spoilers and bad language. You have been warned. Hello and welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Pod. Today we have Hannah and Ella in the studio. If you would like to say hello to our listeners and tell them about the podcasts that you do.
1: Hello, my name is Hannah Woodhead. I am the Associate editor at Little White Lies magazine. We have a podcast called Truth in Movies, where we talk about movies and the truth. (laughs) And uh, yeah, you can find me there usually once every three weeks or so uh, in the guest seat, and you can find me on Little White Lies reviewing movies pretty regularly.
0: Um, One thing I love about Little White Lies is the is the cover.
1: Oh yes, yes. How does that
0: how does that get get decided? You know, there? people
1: ask that all the time, well, and I don't want to um I don't want um, to ruin the magic. But no, I mean, our whole thing has been we are independent. We're completely independent. We don't, you know, pay studios don't pay us to put films on the cover. Mm-hmm. Um, contrary to what some people think, but no, we just kind of pick the film that we love and we want to talk about the most. So the last issue we did was if Beale Street could talk because we love barry jenkins mm-hmm. we have a really sort of long relationship with barry and he's a big fan of the magazine he's been reading it for years he loved the master issue that we did like way back when so it's really nice to kind of champion these films that maybe don't yeah. may get as much awards love as other films <laughs> um but that we think are worth talking about
0: do you feel i mean you've talked about awards awards love, and as we're recording it's just gone past the oscars bill didn't win anything did it I oh, know uh, Reggie King. King. Reggie King yeah.
1: won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, very well deserved. You know, if it had been up to me, Barry would have been up for all the awards. He got a lot of Independent Spirit Awards, which was very, very well deserved. Yeah. But yeah, I, you know, I think it's one of those films that will kind of go down in history, and people will say we should have done more. Do more for <laughs> but you know.
0: But I it's mean, fine. people talk about that. But at the same time, I'm not too disappointed because hey, Moonlight was well, still. Well, this is the thing. So you know, what I mean?
1: Like... Three years ago he was Well, his top first speech of first feature yeah. film, he's
0: got Moonlight and it's you know it's one of the best film. I'm not I don't I don't thinking think he's too. I don't
3: think Barry's that worried about no. it. I don't think
0: he's <laughs> sitting at home going, Oh, I need another Oscar. Well think, and also in know. his
3: speech when he won Best Director for the Indie Spirit Awards, he like started his speech with saying basically, I didn't want to win this, I don't want to yeah. be up here. Shouting out Lynn Ramsey. Yeah, and and his whole speech was speaking to the people in the room and everywhere not in the room who was listening, saying hire women to do more things yeah. and, you know, in yeah. these
0: people. So, yeah. I mean, we are going off on a tangent here, but it wasn't, in this, <laughs> in this year, it wasn't a case of hire more women. It was just choose more women. Yeah, the award
1: yeah. season definitely. Because it was yeah. a plethora of
0: female-driven films which could have easily replaced a lot of the detritus yeah. that ended up in the <laughs> category. <laughs> you you said it it first, yeah. yeah. Um, who are you?
3: <laughs> Hi there um, I am Ella Kemp um, I work as the cinema editor at Culture Whisper and I freelance for other publications reviewing films sometimes a Little White Lies sometimes at Sight and Sound and various other places and you can find me on the Curzon Film Podcast and once in a bloom on the Little White Lies Podcast
0: <laughs> For people who don't know explain what Culture, Culture Whisper is
3: So if... Have you heard a timeout? <laughs> um, so, Culture Whisper is a timeout-esque publication giving busy Londoners a guide of what they should see, do, eat, watch, like, um, at any given moment in time. We write... What about guides, right now? Right now. You should be listening to this. Oh, my this God. This podcast. Okay,
0: this when this goes podcast when finishes, so, like, 40 minutes' time.
3: <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I was going
1: to say.
2: In- interestingly enough, in our in my team meeting at work, we uh, the, whoever leads the meeting has to bring in something from the kind of outside. And the person who led it this week was like, "I'd like to introduce you all to the culture whisperer." <gasps> oh. I've just yeah. discovered this That's site me. and it's, it's really great and um I really oh, like this and I really like that. So um he he brought brought uh, brought it to the table for our team. Terrific.
3: Well, that is great yeah. to hear. Thank <laughs> you very much. So the everybody. team at Nestor
0: now know about cultural. They do. Yes. Yeah.
3: Um but yeah, but we are an exclusively online magazine, so you can read us on the website and of course we're on Twitter, Instagram, all of that. And um yeah, if there's anything worth doing in London to do with films, let me know. You can
0: find me on Twitter. Um so Hannah, you chose Nightcrawler for us. I sure did. So can you tell us why you chose it and then give us, you know, a two minute synopsis?
1: Yeah. Um, I'll start with why I chose it, I guess. So I first saw this film in when was it released? Two thousand and fourteen. so I would was have... it that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. This was five years I hate ago. Hate tell films
0: age your kind of like perception of change yeah. of perception of time. <laughs>
1: It doesn't feel like that long to me, but it is. And um, I was in university, I was in my final year. Uh, or maybe my second year, I don't know. I took a friend of mine to watch it and he's not a film person. So he was just kind of like, Hannah, what the hell? And I was there like, oh, sorry. I didn't realise how weird it was going to be. I thought it was just going to be a good old Jake Gyllenhaal movie because I have always been a big Jake Gyllenhaal fan right since my teens. And now it feels weird that I've basically been in love with him since I was like 15.
3: Really casual.
1: So, you know, super cash. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, I chose it because I thought It would be a good time to revisit it because Dan Gilroy has just made a film called Velvet Bustle.
0: Which is an Netflix Netflix. exclusive.
1: Uh, uh, So I was like, yeah, let's let's go back and see how well Nightcrawl has aged. I remembered really liking it at the time and really been like, oh, wow, this Dan Gilroy guy seems really cool. Seems to be a really good director and it was kind of nice to see Jake Gyllenhaal doing something a bit weird. He's since gone on to make many weird films, but this kind of felt to me like a bit of a turning point for him where he was doing more character acting rather than just being the hot guy who cries sometimes. Um, So brief synopsis, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal plays a sort of very... Odd man called Lewis Bloom, whose name frequently gets abbreviated to Lou Bloom. I didn't know it was Lewis. No, he says it. it so this was something I discovered rewatching it. Mm. When Riz Ahmed's character meets him for the first time, he says, "Oh, hey, Lou," and he goes, "Lewis," and like, oh. corrects him. But then everyone just keeps calling him Lou. Anyway, I think that's really interesting. Um, but yeah, so he plays this character called Lou Bloom, <laughs> Lewis Bloom, who is. He doesn't he, At the beginning when we meet him, he doesn't have a job. He's looking for a job. He's looking not just for a job. He's looking for a career. He's looking for something he can kind of like fixate on and something that he can tie to his whole being, something he can become. So he kind of by accident falls into the very strange game of recording crimes, mm. which is something that I think a lot of people might not really be aware of. It's something that I don't think we do as much over here. In America, there is a whole industry built on very graphic footage of crimes as they're taking place, accidents yeah. and crimes. And also to have the
0: ambulance chaser kind of lawyer yeah, things as well there. exactly.
1: So. so he starts recording crimes and selling the footage to a news network who are kind of trying to put, peddle this narrative of urban crime coming into the suburbs. And in order to get this footage, he becomes more sort of ruthless and more creative about how he is able to get the footage before anyone else, and Rene Russo plays this sort of like firebrand bl- bomb- blonde bombshell news producer who he sells his footage to, and Riz Ahmed stars as poor, poor little Richard who yeah. is
0: his assistant. Um, well, we are allowed to spoil, so we'll get to what happens to Richard <laughs> later on in the chat. Ella, what are your thoughts on on Nightcrawler?
3: So I also first saw this film at university. I was in my first year and went with a friend of mine who was also studying film. And yeah, we were both floored at the time. We really loved it. Um,
0: so your friend was better than, than <laughs> Hannah's.
3: At a well, <laughs> I, I wasn't going to say anything, but you know. Um, yeah, so no, we we both really loved it. And I don't actually remember in that moment in time how much I had seen of Jake Gyllenhaal. You know I knew I, kn- I know that I knew of him, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was unlike anything else. And um yeah, I thought it was really terrific. And um but yeah, but I hadn't rewatched it since and so I was very much looking forward to rewatching and on I mean, we'll come to this later, but on a smaller screen as well. Um, because I think that is it's a film where you really appreciate the biggest uh screen visuals and sound as possible.
0: Well, for Nightcrawler. Yes. Well, I thought, yeah, on, on this rewatch, because I saw it in the cinema, and because it is all so dark, that having it on a bigger screen, I thought would be the way you have to watch it, mm. because, you know, it's, it's difficult to get those co- colours and contrast in. Mm. Um, I think it did work quite well. I should get to that in the score later on. Um, but I want to go into Helen, who's a big fan of uh, Jake Jules. <laughs> I, I am.
2: I mean, I also saw this at the cinema, but mm. as a fairly old adult, because well, I'm a bit older than you are. Um, <laughs> And enjoyed it. And,
0: and you, you saw us from um, film Loving Friends anyway, so... We
2: did. Were you there as well? I wasn't there, no. You weren't there. So um, th- this is how long we've been quizzing in that... Um, yeah, like we, five years. Yeah. Well, long. long Longer than there. that. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> we, we went as a little team outing to celebrate our...
0: Oh, victory must have been.
2: We must have been second or first place to got all those tickets. Um, So that was a, lo- a lovely evening for mm-hmm. us all. We all enjoyed it very much. But um, so... Probably up until this point, I'd seen probably nearly all of Jake Gyllenhaal's films up until this point. So um, I I didn't see The Prince of Persia, but I've been a big fan of his um, for a a long time. And yeah, this is really sort of... I mean, he's always kind of made interesting films anyway. Mm. Um, Obviously, Brokeback Mountain was before this, um, Donnie Darko. Um, But this was his first film where, you know he played someone really interesting and goes to some really strange places and I th- think sort of post this you know he's just taken on really interesting films and just become someone who's even more interesting to to watch and kind of see what he he comes up with and who he works with uh, uh, with his beautiful face
1: <laughs> Wow, well, I hadn't realized it. Uh, that he did Enemy before this I thought Enemy was after I really liked him in Enemy as well which was a Denis uh, Villeneuve film that yeah. he did Dennis, he? Denis uh, he? Oh, Denis Denis oh look at me not knowing my French Denis Villeneuve film uh, he did another one called Prisoners with uh, with him as well um, and I remember seeing Enemy when I was on my year abroad so I must have seen this I must have seen Nightcrawl when I came back Anyway, enough about me. Um, <laughs> enemy, I was... Yeah, I think Enemy is probably when I first was like, oh, wow, Jake Gyllenhaal's getting, like, good roles again. Mm. And again, he played... Again, are you
0: that. saying, like, uh, Prince of Persia's when <laughs> fell into Well, it the was hole weird
1: after, you know, after he did um, bright Mountain, he had those kind of... Actually, no, he did Zodiac. I must... And yeah. Zodiac was one Source Code. Of my I Jarhead.
2: So I watched Source Code after Nightcrawler, actually, because I thought, oh, did you? oh, yeah, I just kind of wanted a little bit more...
0: To
1: um to, to,
0: to top me off, Dylan and up. Binge, yeah. He's had quite a prolific career, actually. I mean, I still yeah. I still do think of him as the kid from um, City Slickers. No, really, the, no, the kid. <laughs> I still think of him as Donny Darko.
1: 100. percent I, I will uh, always
0: and, think of him as Donny Darko. And this Lou Bloom. Um, interpretation of Jake Hall. it's probably not the right way to say that but he's still he's still. Donnie Darko is a weird weird kid in that film I think you so. can definitely
1: trace like the DNA yeah. of Lou Bloom back to his days like making Donnie Darko
0: but it's the if you'd just seen him in um, not Brokeback Mountain like Day After Tomorrow or Prince of Persia you wouldn't you wouldn't trail that back to Lou Bloom at all no so this performance in this film is great um, and when you see just stills of him if he had, if he had like a lineup of Jake Gyllenhaal stills. You would know which one's Lou <laughs> Bloom, like because yeah. his eyes are bugged out. He's got mania, like all over I his think face. It's like, isn't apart it? Apart
1: from Prince of Persia, it's maybe the first time that he kind of totally transformed the way he looked for a film. You know, he looks really gaunt and his hair is kind of like longer and he ties it back in like a bun. Yeah, yeah. He's got that weird little bun thing he puts up when he wants to be taken seriously. Yeah, it's very strange. Or do strange. like nasty stuff. And he, he looks was, he looks just haunted in gen- And he has this really creepy smile. And Jay Gyllen mm. has, a, has a very like, he's very kind of all American looking. And then in this, he's just like haunted.
2: He's haunting. a bit Patrick Bateman in this one. Yes, yeah, absolutely. yeah. But
1: like absolutely. if Patrick Bateman was a meth addict, you know, like he's kind of like, there's just something so left, left self-care. If Patrick,
0: yeah, if he didn't do the press-ups in the morning.
3: Yes. <laughs> Did a bit of I have a question about the hair. So we... <laughs> I just want to gauge what people think. Um, so we've discussed the the, the man bun. In, in the real world, when that, you know, whole thing happened, mm. was... I'm, I'm trying to remember the, the time of it. Was it before or after Nightcrawler? I'm not saying that Jake Gyllenhaal and Dan Gilroy are trendsetters to that level, but are they? <laughs>
1: yeah when I was the man bun sorry it, I think phase. the man bun has
0: been around longer than oh. Nightcrawler C- certainly, in shortage, certainly in Shoreditch certainly okay. in Shoreditch and on some football pitches some Premier League football there was a
2: point there was a point in football. his
1: career where he had the man bun and the beard going it was a good look for him was it? <laughs> I mean he's not served a bad look ever but you know I, I th- this was weird though because I feel like the other films I don't know what other films he was making around this
0: time but around this time with Southpaw as well came what out then,
1: what the hell then how <laughs> go from to, like, although to
0: be honest films can be obviously made years apart yeah, so.
1: yeah but so. there's just, you know sometimes like so Velvet Buster is a good example of this if you watch Velvet Buster you're like why is Jake Gyllenhaal so buff and then you realise it's because he was filming Spider-Man at the same time sure. and that's why he's so oh. buff and you're like oh of course right this fight makes way more sense now uh, Whereas there's nothing in his kind of filmography around that time that would indicate to me that he'd just kind of lost all his weight to do um, to do Nightcrawler, which makes it even more kind of interesting to me because I'm like, it just comes out of nowhere. It doesn't really fit in the kind of other films that he was making around this time. I think even maybe up until Nocturnal Animals, you know, he he was kind of just, blah, 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 I'm Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. And, uh, yeah.
0: Octa, well, he's got a crazy yeah, performance. Yeah, hasn't that's it? the that's most.
1: That's when he similar goes back in to crazy. Performance.
0: Yeah. yeah. That he's done Yeah, series.
3: But then he comes back out of it with Wildlife.
0: Yeah. Which
3: <laughs> is a film that I love so much. And it's such a. I mean, well, it's not even restrained, but just the whole tone of the film. It is back to the Jake Gyllenhaal Hall that you would fall in love with but then be really annoyed at yourself for falling in love with because he's a terrible person but not, <laughs> but not because he looks terrifying or you know dangerous to the point that Lewis Bloom does
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean we've also we've talked most, mostly about Mr G yeah. the, the,
3: lovely, the lovely Jake um, but also
2: I mean the the film is, is great and also you know you've got Reni Russo being great and Bill Paxton in one of his yeah. his, his final so is Bill well. Paxton
0: the, uh, the well the the um, other car chase that he sabotages yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> um I mean it's it I think in terms of similar I think maybe taxi driver was probably sort of yeah s- a similar kind of film it's I mean I just think it's a really brilliantly creepy it's got dark, some psycho about it yeah. as well yeah. yeah and it just really manages to articulate the obsession with kind of death and this real dark side that we have with consumption
1: and mass media and...
0: Well, the, this, sorry, or... Um, well, this, yeah,
1: yeah this. And Fake News as well. This was yeah. kind of like before Fake News was a thing. You know, he's talking about... There's a scene where Jake Gyllenhaal is, is like dragging a body across a crime yeah. scene to get, to get a shot. shot. And it's, you know, it, it's really... I remember watching this in the cinema and being like very... I couldn't look away, but I was very kind of disturbed by it. It's confronting you with a lot of very shocking ideas. Because it, it's
0: not overly violent in the way that it's not I don't think it's an eighteen. It wasn't blood everywhere. No, it was 15. But, it's, but the, yeah. the perception of what's going on, what's actually going on is like mm. you're mm. like, oh my fucking god, what the hell's he doing? <laughs> um and that's I mean, at the start we we see him stealing stuff from um I don't know, a, works, like a, a Yeah, a, construction, a, construction site. Construction yeah. site. And very quickly after that, he beats up the the security guard, mm. and that's our introduction to him. There's so clearly we, a
1: part of him not that isn't there. Yeah, you know, like well, a conscience a or something. it's yeah. a, a psycho. Yeah, because he just has no sort of concept of what's acceptable. You know, mm. at the beginning when he is talking to the construction site manager. And he's like, I'll do an internship. And it's like, you've just stolen from this guy. He yeah. knows you've stolen from him. Like, he just has no kind of... And then, of course, there's all, this all like a payoff, you know, at the end <laughs> of the film. And you're well, like, oh, wow, yeah, he's just completely morally bankrupt.
0: Well, let's talk about that payoff. <laughs> let's talk about... what. Well, I think we need to introduce Riz Ahmed's yeah, character. Yeah, oh,
1: <laughs> my little boy, Riz Ahmed. Yeah. This is one of I, his first big, like, Hollywood roles, I think. I, Ma- maybe the first,
0: actually. I love Riz I think I love Riz Ahmed more than Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, okay
1: controversial
0: yeah. generally or in this film G- generally <laughs> generally
1: I, I think I, I Riz is, is incredible Riz is my he's, boy I'd know. love to
0: like, go, out, well, I
1: think it's go just, out on the town yeah thing. absolutely
0: um, I think uh, there's one point in he was just in everything at the same time he's in Rogue One OA The Night Of which I just kind of saw all at the same time um, yeah 2016 uh, not,
1: was a good year for him not sure about Venom Um. (laughs) I mean, his masterstroke was, of course, his appearance in the video for Charlie XCX's boys, but,
3: you know. I actually (laughs) read something on the way doing my homework about Nightcrawler and Riz Ahmed that the influence that he had on the wider industry was actually quite astonishing. So I saw that um, following a speech that he gave at the House of Commons in 2017, Mm. a group of friends... um, launched something called the riz test in 2018 and they were inspired what well, they're inspired by the speech and modeled it off the Bechdel test which is famously the test that um some films do pass and some films don't pass in which two women have a conversation about something other than a man mm-hmm. um and so yeah and so these friends started the riz test uh Kind of looking at films that you know were or were not diverse, yeah. Um, and you know, it clearly hasn't caught on that much. But <laughs> I, I think it's really, really quite interesting that I wouldn't say that he's um, now got the same kind of fan base or is as well known as Jake Gyllenhaal or something like that. <laughs> but you know, to have that kind of impact and have a yeah. test named after you. Is,
0: is it what? What is this? What is the parameters of the test? Uh, can you remember?
3: Um, so I. Th- I think it was, so in his speech, uh, I think he was saying, his talk, sorry, he was saying, you know, urging there to be more diversity in in the film industry, to Mm -hmm. to not just not be, you know, completely white castes. And he wanted, you know, he wanted more black people in film. He wanted better Muslim representation. And so I think the test was quite simple in the sense that like, is it only is white the only colour you can see? Does not pass.
0: <laughs> well, I think <laughs> I'd like I'd like I'd add a few bits to that because one thing I love about his character is that he's a character of um, South Asian origin,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, but that's not that's made not, any, not, any any no. reference or anything.
2: Right. Yeah,
0: so it's just like he's a dude in the film, and he happens to be from potentially Pakistan. Uh, his parents protect him and that's that's it it's not it's not the part of the film it's just he's a guy and that's who he is yeah. and I think that for me is like yeah it would be the res test not just um, obviously if Beale Street could talk Green Book um, I mean even Moonlight was like these guys are they're all um, African American or black but that wasn't really a part of the film for me yeah. at all right. so I'd say no, that's
3: same. same with Nightcrawler for me I just yeah. found it quite interesting that past the film like the film's legacy and his legacy and influence past yeah. that I think it's brilliant
0: I think it's cool Um, So tell us, Hannah, about what happens with Riz.
3: So poor Riz, poor Richard
1: slash Rick. To backtrack to what I was saying about Lou slash Louis Louis Bloom, um, the scene where Lou is looking to hire someone for his camera crew and he interviews Rick, who's this sort of very nervy, twitchy, you know, wide-eyed, adorable little thing who comes in and he's like, oh, um, yeah, I worked in landscaping, but then I had allergies, so I decided that I couldn't do it anymore. And he, he's like homeless and he just really needs a job. And he says, hi, 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 he comes in, he's like, yeah, hi, hi, I'm Rick. Hi, what's your name? And he's like, oh, I'm Lewis. And he goes, hi, Lou. And he's like, Lewis. <laughs> you know, that that I think is just perfect. But anyway, so he, yeah, he gets this job working with um, Jake Gyllenhaal's character and very quickly realises that <laughs> that Lou Bloom is a psychopath, but kind of sticks with it because he needs the money and he's promised, you know, a raise every so often. And um, in the end, Lou kind of just sets him up to get murdered, basically, mm-hmm. uh, all in the name of ratings. Yeah. And he sees it as... Rick dying for the cause which is you but know like, he
3: really does die for the cause in the sense that it, it it's not enough for Lou for Rick to die because of him he has to then go and use footage yeah. and he has to use Rick's life for the you know for the opportunities of his production company yeah. he yeah. has to go and film. Re- but he says he
1: it's says insane. to Rene Rousseau, he died doing what he loved. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no he didn't. <laughs> he died doing what you love is what <laughs> happened. You know also,
0: preceding that which is something I think I missed out and I kind of didn't uh, fully appreciate the first time round was it was just after he'd tried to negotiate a raise for himself so he negotiated a half decent raise but then he realised that Lou Bloom was going to get like a fuck ton of money for doing whatever bullshit they were up to that night and he was like (laughs) hold on I need more of this and that's what what, for me if they hadn't had that second conversation I think Rick might still be alive but (laughs) For Lou, that was just like, no, that, that's going to ruin my... Because he,
1: no, he says to him, doesn't yeah, he? He says, like, yeah. you tried to treat cheat me. Yeah. And, like, you know, and I wasn't having that, <laughs> They had this kind of horrible, like... It's like the Lion King, <laughs> you know? And Is it? Like, yeah, yeah. No, you know the scene where um, Scar, like, pushes um, Mufasa off the... Spoilers he's like, long for anyone who's not seen the Lion <laughs> <Sorry>. King. <laughs> um, you know, though, he's like... It's like that kind of, like you're going to die now in, you know it, that, that confrontation scene
0: Ch- um, uh, kids Scar doesn't say it like this kids should, <laughs> in fact kids should not be listening to this <laughs> <laughs> Michael, they might her. be but uh, yeah
1: no poor Riz Ahmed gets short shrift but I'm happy to report that him and Jake do not seem to have um ended on bad terms no. they have made another film together called The Sisters Brothers in which they have lots of screen time together and it's very cute oh, and warm and, it, and it's lovely and also watching them be interviewed together about The Sisters Brothers if you have like a spare 10 Minutes go on YouTube and like look up Jake Gyllenhaal and Riz Ahmed talking because they are like the best bros and it's it's very cute. It's very life affirming.
0: So what what your thoughts are? Yeah, Riz. Uh, sorry, René Russo <laughs> and Bill Paxton.
2: Um, I think they're, they're they're great in it. I mean, she is brilliant as someone who clearly recognises that she could be out of a job <laughs> any minute because he's desperate to to cling on. And there's the, the brilliant bit. <laughs> where, I can't remember exactly what he says, but when he's asking about getting more money and st- referring to n- not not in the bedroom like last night.
0: Yeah, so he, he kind of badges her down with a whole like kind of stream of consciousness points yeah. and then he said, I, I finally...
2: You do you respect me or we'll do these things at work, not just...
1: Yeah.
0: Which yeah.
2: is just, it's a bit of sick in your mouth. Comes- she
1: reminds me of a... Dunaway's character from Network. Yes. Yeah. Um, and also but with less power. Yeah. Yeah. With yeah, yeah, less power. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Renee Russo is married to Dan Gilroy as well. Oh, okay. And they have kind of like a creative partnership. She's in Velvet Buzzsaw as well. I think this role is way better for her in Nightcrawler. I think mm-hmm. she's kind of got a lot more to do. And you can kind of see the character, like her becoming more greedy as her and Lou develop this like symbiotic relationship where he she needs him for the ratings yeah. but he needs her for the airtime and it's you know they kind of feed off each other's like manic energy whilst the whilst the other people at the station are like what is wrong with you two you're yeah. <laughs> crazy
0: because that whole scene when Big kind of doing well. What really triggers his hey, getting loads more money is him coming into the home invasion. Yes. And oh, it's
1: so creepy that scene. It's So
0: creepy him to go in there. The
1: Crib. Oh, you
0: could tell he probably he wanted the baby to be in there, didn't he? Yeah. But like, damn it. <laughs> um, but then when they're reviewing the footage and the legal person comes in,
1: oh, and the like, the how much check, of this like, can we show? And she like, goes legally, and she yeah. goes no, morally, yes, of course, legally. <laughs> <laughs>
0: She needs it for was Obviously, Lou's kind of unpicked her lifestyle, which is another... He's, he's creepy that on weird, so many different that layers. That weird Mexican
2: date they go on. Yeah. Oh, God.
3: Yeah. Their romantic relationship is so bizarre and awful, but I think it shows that it's really well written because in most films nowadays, you know, you expect... Well, I tend to expect that any relationship between a man and a woman when there's some kind of power conflict, at some point, the question of romance... Is mm. brought up and then I think at that point sometimes the relationship and the credibility of the film for me disintegrates a little bit right. and I really appreciate that in this film it's played out in that awful date scene awful <laughs> in the sense that it made me want to like rip my hair out as opposed to being awfully done Um, you know that scene happens but then their strange relationship still exists and it yeah. goes up and it goes down and there's so many there's the stakes are so high in so many different emotional and professional ways. And I think it's fascinating relationship yeah. I
1: think it's interesting comparing this to the way romance works in Velvet Buzzsaw where it's so much like kind of there's so much passion in the, all the relationships in that movie whereas this is very like it's like a sexless marriage that just kind of like there's this awkward date and then you know they're kind of like still carrying on with each other but it all feels like a business transaction you know it's, you it's, she's,
0: she's almost like fuck my life but I need this Yeah, and when yeah. he says you know I know your contract's coming up to two years it's the, it's the uh, ratings wars coming to an end this month so he was like, he's got prime position. She doesn't want to have to go and find another job, mm. um, which would be horrible and hellish. So he's, he's a, oh, a proper, <laughs> proper bellend. Um, <laughs> should we go to the scores, guys?
2: Yeah. yeah. Let's have some scoring. So uh, welcome to the spreadsheet of dreams. And uh, the scores are all out of five. You may have decimal places. Yep if you wish, and uh, we will start with you, Hannah, with the recommendability.
1: Um, I think it's like a 4.5 for me, you know, I, I would only really hesitate to recommend it if people don't kind of have strong constitutions. I wouldn't want to recognize, recommend it to people with a nervous disposition. I think it's quite creepy. It's quite tense. Mm. And... It can be quite shocking, I think, to a lot of people. Even though we've said it's, it's not that violent, but, you know, I, I think it's it gets in your head in a way that p- might make people uncomfortable
0: so your friend that you went to see with yeah so are what, you still what, friends yeah what the <laughs> no no because you said no, you we're not still with...
1: friends but nightcore didn't <laughs> end that relationship
0: <laughs> you <laughs> caveated that with someone who's not into films why yeah. do you think why do you feel that this should be more for yeah, the I think someone it who is, goes to films a lot
1: that's true as well I maybe wouldn't recommend it to someone who isn't like a filmy person because it's quite like it's a weird film. You know, the way Jake Gyllenhaal's character talks is weird. It's all very stylized. There's this amazing like electric guitar score like in the background which I love. And um, I don't, you know, I think if someone just wanted a kind of straight, you know, shoot em up thriller mm. or even something like Zodiac, you know, that's not what you're getting with this. You are getting a film where you are being asked to kind of follow this utterly reprehensible weirdo on this journey and I don't think that it's really for everyone.
0: Was there a sense of almost like, oh, good for you. you got your Mustang. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> he saw it. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted, you He's know, like, I came, okay, I must- saw, I conquered. He's
0: got better cameras. He's got, <laughs> got a better police scanner. Um, yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Ella, <laughs> recommendability.
3: Um, I think I am going to go for a 3.7. Ooh. <laughs> because I... Uh, uh, like Hannah said, I would recommend it to some people and I'd be really confident that they'd love it. But then there is a risk associated with it, even with those people that, it, like, as you say, it's, it's not quite a thriller. Mm-hmm. It's not quite a gory thing. It's not quite a character study. It's Yeah, there's, there's a lot of strange things in there. And then also people who don't want anything too creepy and don't want to spend, you know, two hours with a psychopath, you know, don't.
0: <laughs> it's, it's longer than I remember it being. No. Um, and when it started, I was like, Oh no, I wanted to get to bed with it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you stayed so up for it 3.7, of course. Once it, I mean, my wife left halfway through because she was properly tired, and we just came back from a long <laughs> flight, but I managed to just, uh, stick it out. Um, Helen, um, so I mean,
2: this film is great, and I think it's fantastic, and weird, and creepy, and horrible in all kinds of ways. Um, but yeah, I it's not for, It's never going to be for, for <laughs> everyone. Um, but but still, I want to give it high marks because I just... I, I just love everything about it in its weird, horrible, creepy way. So uh, 4.5. And I was just going to say, we were talking about friends. So there's that great line where he says, a friend is a gift you give yourself. Mm. <laughs> oh. that, was the,
0: that was at the date, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. There was quite a few creepy lines. Oh, it's here.
1: so that, creepy. My favourite line is when he's talking to Rick and he says... Um, what if it's not that I don't understand people, it's that I just don't like them? Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, yes. like,
0: this guy's demented. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you kind of like, oh yeah, kind of maybe like, I've <laughs> known someone to, like that, or you're just like, but that's what, that's he's why right.
0: That's the point for me is like, he's, well, he's a psychopath. He just yeah. has no em- empathy for people. He's got Rick on board because he can manipulate Rick, pay him. I, to be honest, I thought £30, $30 a day is actually not bad if you've got no experience. I don't know. Like,
3: That's honest, freelance life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> poor When poor I went Rick. freelance, if someone could
0: guarantee me £30, £30 a day, I'd be like, okay, let's talk.
1: So just hold a camera like to... and re-Google that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, I'm up there.
0: I'm sure I could do other stuff and maybe get some other jobs whilst waiting. Um, yeah, so I, I'm going to give 4.5 as well. I think points taken away because... It's creepy and weird, and there will be people who just don't get get the film. Um, mm-hmm. And but I'm surprised that I don't I don't think it's just the for people who go to the cinemas a lot. I think this <laughs> I think more people take stuff away from it. But I think you have to know a bit about them, and if they just yeah. want like Greater Showman, then <laughs> exactly it's not going to yeah. be for them.
1: I do worry, you know, with the Oscars being what they were this year, <laughs> like, there's you know, and even like Velvet Buzzsaw, you know, I, if someone watched Velvet Buzzsaw and then was like. Oh, hmm, should I give his other films a chance? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Maybe he's just not for you.
0: Well, we need to, okay, Jasper, and uh, if you've got any friends, come on board. Choose, <laughs> come on the show. Pick Velvet Buzzsaw because we I haven't seen it yet. No, I
2: haven't seen it. Oh, um, and... it's not good. <laughs>
0: yeah. oh, it's not good. re yeah.
3: Nightcrawler.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay, let's not, let's not Jasper. Do that one. <laughs> Jasper, don't don't come on the show. Um, I mean,
2: that is. I'm a little bit disappointed that it isn't very good, but then. Because this film is so good, yeah, I give him it. It would pass. have been hard for them to replicate.
1: I, I'm it. still on board. Like I've not seen Roman J. Israel, but I'm kind of on board. Is with that Dan
0: the Denzel Washington? Yeah, yeah. So he
1: was Oscar nominated for that. So you know, and by by all accounts, it's fine. Um, <laughs> that's but what you want to hear. You know, I think that <laughs> by all accounts, it's fine. Um, I think that Dan Gilroy is really good at zoning in on a character. Mm-hmm. So maybe this—that's uh, why I need to watch Roman J. As well. But Nightcrawl is great because Lou Bloom is a great character. Yeah. And Velvet Buzzsaw has too many characters. That's right. the issue. You right. know, there's like six characters you're meant to care about and you end up not caring about any of them. Whereas this, you, I think you do become very invested in particularly Lou and particularly Rick as well.
0: I feel we're getting a half-decent uh, Velvet Bell- Buzzsaw <laughs> review by proxy <laughs> yeah. because we're not Len Jasper it's, it's a twofer. Yeah. <laughs> um, repeat viewing score.
1: Hannah. Um, I think this is probably a five, guys. I had such a blast rewatching it. How many
0: times have you rewatched?
1: it? This is only the second time I watched it since okay. I saw it in the cinema. And I was excited to re-watch it, but I do think it pays dividends. And um, talk about some more in the small, small screen store, but I think, yeah, watching at home is a very different experience watching it in the cinema. Um, but yeah, no, I, I it to- I totally would recommend rewatching watching it to people.
0: So when you say... Repeat viewing score of five. Mm. This isn't something you'd watch all the time, but it's something you think
1: sticks I would always be excited to rewatch it. Sure. Yeah, sure. you know, kind of maybe once a year. I'd be like,
0: yeah, okay, time
1: to pick out Nightcrawler again and go go for another round. Christmas. Yeah, yeah Christmas. Yeah, to so get the family settled down. Mom, Dad.
0: I don't know if I said American accent. <laughs> Mummy, Daddy. Let me,
1: let me tell you a story about a guy
3: <laughs> named Lou. <you> know?
0: <laughs> Ella.
3: Well, I've been thinking about it during this discussion and. I really enjoyed re-watching it. And so I must say that I watched Velvet Buzzsaw before re-watching Nightcrawler. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me enjoy Nightcrawler even more because as we've established, I wasn't quite so taken with Velvet Buzzsaw. Um, <laughs> but I feel like now that I've rewatched it, I'm not really in a hurry to watch it again as a third time. I think it's one that really benefits from that second viewing to kind of deepen the understanding of it. But now I'm quite satisfied to leave it where it is. Sure. So I think I'd go for maybe a like a 3.
0: Okay. Um we had social network on Yes, and it's a similar kind of case here. Everyone saw Social Network in the cinema. Everyone, everyone at the table saw it in the cinema, but then hadn't seen it until coming back here. Yeah, I've
2: not, the, oh I've not seen, me, it farf- seen it.
0: I've seen it. Yeah, right. In I'd seen it before. I've oh, seen it like more than ta- more than okay, post-cinema, but before um, but it. But as soon everyone saw this when it came out in the cinema, but haven't seen it since. Is that is that three? Is it four years since
1: then? It's more than four. Yeah, because yeah, I was in sixth form, so long time ago now.
0: So is that a nice kind of? Distance four years. I more think four, four years, years
1: is like a really good amount. If you saw it in the cinema four years ago, going yeah. for any film, I think it's a great time to rewatch. Mm. <laughs> Let's all start digging out twenty fourteen <laughs> movies, guys. Yeah.
0: Head to the IMDb. I Film's need to released. rewatch Social Network. I've not watched that since. Really well, listen to it. our review
1: and then watch it,
0: and uh, oh, then watch it and decide. Listen to the podcast. Listen to the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, Helen, um,
2: so yes, saw it in the cinema and. Um, I noticed that it'd been on Netflix for a while, and it was like.
0: Why didn't you pull the trigger before this? What? Why didn't you pull the trigger on 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 it before? Because I
2: thought someone someone's going to see that (laughs) that little little shiny fish floating there amongst all the gunk and pull that out. Shiny fish. Fish fish that one. Get that fish. That little fish. And yeah. And it's terrible, isn't it? I was really excited about watching this terrible, creepy film again, mm. um, and going, "Oh, this film's creepy," and wasn't particularly phased by, you know, sort of watching it at home. Um, so I'm gonna give it four. I think four years is quite a good gap to have. Um, I'm not gonna rush out and see it, but I, I'm probably gonna watch it again yeah. in a few more years. And I think it's it's a really great reminder, um, you know, Bill Paxton doing these. Brilliant sort of little supporting roles and kind of the energy that he brings to it, and, and I quite miss him.
0: I need to because when he died, I was—he was, was very—he is still very—he was still very much a character actor. And there's very few roles where he took the lead, apart from um was it Big that HBO show where he's in a Mormon relationship,
1: Big Love, Big Love. Yeah,
0: I um, never watched that, and I, and I, I never watched it. That's the only, but that's the only role I know he
1: had yeah. where he
0: was kind of main. So I I generally really struggled to identifying from different films. And when I had to ask you, Helen, was that was that, was that, was that the Bill <laughs> Paxton? Was that the guy? Um, so I, I need to watch it because I learned a lot of people really, really love him as a as an actor. And I need to re-watch Alien. Or is it Aliens?
1: <laughs> Aliens. I think it's
0: going to Prince Charles <laughs> Cinema, Alien, the first one. Alien is, yeah. Alien because it's
2: an anniversary. Yeah.
0: Brilliant. I'm going to go for three, but I feel it's a higher three. I think... I'm gonna, <laughs> well yeah because I, I, I think it deserves watching but I tend to think repeat viewing for me the higher ones are ones I watch more frequently and at the drop of a hat um, but this is definitely bears rewatching, so I'm going to go for three small screen score we all saw this in the cinema
1: yeah it's nice to have the comparison isn't mm. it um, I think it's like a four on a small screen you know I think it I was really glad I did see it in the cinema but I think it works perfectly well on a small screen or, you know, even like a, a home cinema kind of big TV and speaker setting. Medium it's, screen. Yeah, medium screen. You know, there's, there's a lot of um, kind of foot like footage in it, you know, like news footage and camera footage. And I think it kind of makes it less stressful watching it on a small screen. You know, you're not kind of like as overwhelmed as I was when I watched it. Uh, the only thing I would say is that I think the score probably benefits from having the kind of Dolby Atmos surroundings. <laughs>
0: A fair investment for my lounge um, Ella <laughs>
3: um, I think I am going to go for three again um, again I, I did enjoy it a lot rewatching it but as you say I think those visuals as they are quite dark I mean you know you obviously can see it on a small screen <laughs> but it was just so impressive on a big screen and the sound and everything but you know I, it, it's a confident three I'd say <laughs>
2: Helen I'm going to give uh, this a four. I enjoyed seeing it in the the cinema and having that kind of, you know, the big screen noise and immersion of it and the kind of collective, what on earth are we watching? Mm. Did you kind of just see that? And then it's kind of, it's a little bit stranger when you then bring that into your home and you kind of have this weird creepiness in there as well. So I got, weird creepy experiences from both (laughs)
0: I'm gonna go for yes, do the four as well I think it works well on on the on the TV screen on a reasonable size yeah yeah. so I thought um, yeah if it's the first time you had to watch it I was at home on Netflix then yeah absolutely go go for it Um, so four so engagement score Hannah
1: um as engaged was like how engaged i was yeah do you yeah. feel the need
0: to pull away at any point to make it well to check netflix well, or... <laughs> see
1: i was watching it at work so that was a distracting environment to be in um can you just
0: sit and watch films can you just say like well, i'm just gonna watch mary poppins
1: well yes <laughs> um yes i can um but i always i'm always doing something else so you know i wasn't as engaged as i should have been sure um, but that's not the film's fault. So, this is a hard one. I'm going to go for a 4.1, I think.
0: I kind of like that. If, you can you just, I can just sit there and watch catch up on films I haven't I've seen. got a very wasn't...
1: big screen. So, nice. I can have the film open in one corner and be doing some writing at the same time. Nice. It's, I mean, it's not if I'm trying to do an article, I probably wouldn't do that. But if I'm doing kind of like, you know, admin work, it's fine. So, that's what I was doing, which is not maybe giving it the respect <laughs> it deserves. <laughs> Sorry,
3: Dan. <laughs> Ella. I give it a five for engagement. Really, um, I, I I did have to pull away, and I had to pause this film a few times, and I was very annoyed. <laughs> I was very upset to have to do so because, um, yeah, I think it's so gripping.
0: Um,
2: yeah, Helen, I'm also going to give it a five. It's an hour and fifty-seven minutes, and I don't think it feels like no, a two-hour film it for me. Flies
1: by, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah,
2: and I think the first time you watch it you're just how far can he go how far can he go he went that far so how much further can he oh he's going that far and it it just builds and builds and builds and builds and it's just really you know the pace is excellent there's no bits where you're like oh it's a bit slow at the start or it's a bit rushed it's just a really good film yeah Yeah. and it it, even this time round, i was fully engaged in it
0: i'm gonna go four and a half um testament to the facts of, of the filmmaking and maybe my memory the first time i was like 100 engaged the second time i was still like in it in it like no, all the way in um because i couldn't really remember some nuances and i've forgotten some bits like him just him dragging that body
1: yeah that's was like, like dude <laughs>
0: dude what are you doing that's a crime scene there <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he's tampering
0: with the yeah. evidence. Yeah. And uh, when he when he sees a home invasion, I'd forgotten that bit where he actually sees clearly who the people are and films it. Yeah, then holds it back. Um and the,
1: the cafe scene and what dining yeah. scene? Yeah, there's so many he kind held, of shocking moments. it
0: back moments. to set up that entire scene. Yeah, yeah. crazy. Uh, so 4.5, um, which gives us an overall score of 4.1. One five. so like that's
1: quite high. Yeah, very high.
0: That's good. That's very good. Um, I'm
1: happy with that. (laughs) Should we we do a quick
0: round of um, Little White Lies scores?
1: Yeah, shall I tell you the breakdown? Of course. Um, So at Little White Lies, we like to give films three scores. We have like a multi-tier system. So they're out five and it is in anticipation, enjoyment and in retrospect. So anticipation at five, I was super excited to re-watch this. Mm -hmm. Um... Enjoyment maybe a four, I think I think just because I was kind of distracted whilst I was watching it. And you know, unfortunately film criticism is subjective and you know <laughs> it might might have been a five on a different day, but it was a four when I was doing it. And then in retrospect, I think it is a five. I do think it is like for this to be Dan Gilroy's directorial debut is like so impressive to me. Hmm. And I think it is like top three Jill and Hall performances.
0: I'm liking a lot of people having knockout out of the park. Um, Dark that debuts. Yeah, even like brother Even Star is born. I'm yeah. like, how's how's that your first one, dude?
3: Hereditary. Um, yeah. yeah, Hereditary. Oh, I've not
0: seen Hereditary. And, um, the Witch.
1: It. I think it. You know, it's testament. Was Moonlight to... his first one? No.
0: no.
1: I think it's testament that Dan Gilroy was a screenwriter beforehand. So he, you know, was, was kind of head cut his teeth okay. before making this.
0: So that means we can pull in Ex Machina as well.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah of course. Yeah. Yeah. Of course.
0: Um, your. LWL scores, Ella?
3: Um, I think I would say four in anticipation for re-watching it. I, I'd seen it, you know, four years ago or whatever it was. Um, and I remember having a good time, but also my memory is really bad. So I was like, oh, maybe it's not as great. I've, you know, I'm now older and wiser, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> enjoyment, I think I would go for a five just because, um, yeah, I kept being really frustrated when I had to pause it and just every. Every second that I saw it just just you know it's amazing, it's brilliant um so five for enjoyment in retrospect, maybe a four just because now that I have rewatched it, I think i' I've, I've had enough, I can leave it where it is, and yeah, there are some bits that just yeah, I'm thinking about it a lot, but but I kind of wish I was thinking about it a little bit less okay,
0: Helen oh,
2: this is probably going to be no surprise that i'm going to go quite high with this so a five for anticipation um yeah i'm really happy that you chose it and i I got to watch it again um enjoyment i just think it's a really interesting film and you know it's four years old but it doesn't feel like it's age we still kind of have that really weird relationship with you know terrible things and wanting to kind of capture them um and Retrospect 5, I, I, th- I really think it's a brilliant film and it's made me realise that there's a few films of Jake Gyllenhaal's that I haven't yet caught up with but that I want to um, five. add to my watch list.
0: Um Every time I see Gyllenhaal, I still want to see Donnie Darko again. Um, just generally, I think that's... that's probably I
2: wonder p- how well that's aged, though. Well, I, was, I imagine it's probably a little bit, a little bit hokey, a little yeah. bit... I've not well, watched it well,
0: yeah. yeah, let's watch it. Let's try and watch it. Someone, <laughs> Jasper, when... Are you listening? When it comes it, back it on, might Netflix, be on Netflix? on Netflix, yeah. Was it? Is it?
1: It was at it one point. It was at yeah. one point, yeah. So yeah.
0: Gone again. Mm. Um, I'm going to f- uh, mirror yourself, uh, Hannah, with the uh, 545. Um, I think... I was, when you said it, I was like, "Yeah,
1: of course, yeah."
0: And then during, I just, I just, don't I was th-
1: terrified it was going to go off Netflix before you <laughs> recorded. I was like, "If that goes, I'm screwed." And
0: I, I was just like, "It's not really. I wouldn't say enjoyment is what you think. Yeah, it's just like, Yeah. it's not
2: like, woof. Woof, woof, woof. It's
0: like oh, <laughs> yeah. it is tense and it's like, uh, um, and five for it. And, and, and anticipation again. Just for those bits that we briefly discussed at the end, like setting up that, that scene in the cafe and the fast food place is like, how have you done that? And then the end of Rick. It was like, mm. dude. Um, so we always ask people when we come to record, we tell them we're going to do a film. And in this case, we oh, sorry, on Twitter, <laughs> we ask people. And in this case, we said, we're reviewing Nightcrawler with at Effie Kemp and good job Liz have you seen it give your thoughts for an on-air shout out on Flixwatcher and you guys came in your droves so we're going to read out a few of these reviews now Um, Hannah will you take the top one please
1: yeah this is from top film tip morally devoid bottom feeder makes his success filming death on the streets of LA unrelentingly intense discomforting drama Uh, sheer powerhouse performances script subject matter all round flawless Five awkward propositions
3: out of five.
0: Ellen, <laughs> uh, Ella, do you want to say the next one?
3: Yep. So this is from Atmanda Ailey. Um there is five shining star emojis. Uh, <laughs> I love this movie. It was in my top three films of that year and should have had more traction in awards season that year. Student Hold is absolutely brilliant.
1: Hard agree there. If I think if this had been a Scorsese film, it he would have got an Oscar. Uh
0: Helen.
2: So this is from uh What Were They Thinking? Haunting film with Gyllenhaal at his absolute best and most terrifying. It should have won several Oscars and they've
0: also gone for five stars. Hannah, do you want to take us back to the next one?
1: Yeah, uh, this is Easy Riders Raging Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, loved it. Got to be in my top 10 for the last decade with Gyllenhaal putting in a performance that, let's be honest, deserves some Oscar love. Five star film.
0: Ella.
3: From at Cult 45 Podcast... Actually love this movie.
0: <laughs> do you want to say the next one as that was not really review. Not asking us to do anything. <laughs> not, asking, not doing anything we asked of them.
3: I mean, it's not incorrect, but actually yeah. love this movie. <laughs> um, so this is from Sean Alexander at S Alexander Film. Five out of five stars. Jake Gyllenhaal is terrific, terrifying and hypnotic. Missing Bill Paxton now. This supporting role is so fantastic.
0: And Helen...
3: Uh,
2: the last one is from Mike Guzman this is the movie that made me realise how underappreciated Gilnhall is I think it's a step up from his performance in Zodiac where he also plays regular guy with an obsession five stars
1: I think they're very different roles though I I think that
0: do you feel I don't think he's I don't
1: think the staff I think they just I mean I, I think uh, you know I know I, I think that and Hall should have an Oscar. I think he's done he's the tried He's tried very hard to get one recently. Well, yeah, and no, been I mean, ignored. Stronger was really him gunning for it, but, which is funny because Strong think, enough. <laughs> rude. <laughs> I think that in Zodiac um and Nightcrawler, you know, he delivers the goods in Broken Mountain. Um I mean I
2: think I really like him in in The Good Girl. I think. Oh, he's so
1: good in The Good yeah. Girl. I was going to bring that up earlier.
2: Yeah, we and Jennifer about, Aniston um, is brilliant in that as well.
1: When we were talking about Miss Stevens, because I think there's like a, you know, creepy obsession teenagers. But anyway. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I found it interesting to see that tweet um, with Zodiac, because I somehow it just didn't make sense to me when I was thinking about Nightcrawler, that it was the same actor playing these two characters. And then when, I, when the first images of Zodiac came back into my mind, I was like, Lou Bloom is the kind of guy... That um, Jake Gyllenhaal's character in Zodiac would be like chasing or, yeah. or doing, and they just seem like completely opposite characters. Now, like Lou Bloom must be the like the antagonistic villain, and yeah. and then when I thought about it, I was like, <laughs> wait, but he's not. He's like, is he the good guy? Like, is he's you know, he's he's not the one actually, you know, doing the crime, um, and yet. And yet... Yeah. Is Nightcrawl set in San Francisco?
0: LA. Because, oh,
1: yeah. of course, Zodiac is San Francisco. So, so it could have yeah.
0: popped down and... Uh, you know,
1: done a crime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, also, I mean, the, the this is not quite related to those comments, but I just want to say, like, the it is so impressive to film to make a film that is shot nearly all at night and yeah. to make it kind of look as crisp and beautiful and... Had, like and
2: over 80 locations or something. For really? Yeah, Yeah.
1: Yeah, it feels so ambitious for a
0: first film. Um, guys, can you let us know, uh, Jasper and the rest of the people, where they can find you, where he can find you online? Uh, sounds a bit creepy that way. I'm not going to say <laughs> that again. <laughs> um, where I can find you online and um, say sayonara and, and bye to everyone who's listening.
1: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. I'm a prolific tweeter. Um, my at is at goodjobliz. I tweet about everything, everything, everything. <laughs> often Jake Gyllenhaal. I do, I do spend a lot of time tweeting about him. She does. <laughs> um, and you can also find me on littlewhitelies.com and the Little White Lies Truth and Movies podcast.
3: Um, you can find me on Twitter at EFE Kemp. I probably won't tweet much about Jake Gyllenhaal again. But <laughs> That's Hannah's territory. <laughs> you know, I'm not ruling it out. I'm excited <laughs> for everything he does next. Um, you can read me on Culture Whisper. Uh, sometimes Little White Lies, sometimes Sight and Sound. And you can listen to me sometimes on the Curzon Film podcast.
0: Fantastic. Cheers, Thanks guys. Thanks so much
3: for coming on. Thanks. Thank
0: Thanks. You for having me. Bye. Bye.
3: Bye.
0: Thank you so much to Brendan Russell for his amazing editing skills and to the lovely people, mighty people, for the tunes that you can hear right now.
2: Thank you, as always, for listening to this episode. Don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you find your podcast Leave us your five-star review on iTunes and follow us at FlixwasherPod on Twitter.